Each one of us is actually created to live within a community and to serve one another in order for community to thrive or to do well, despite how broken it is. Hey everyone, welcome to the second season of the Faith at Work podcast, where we get the joy of bringing you conversations that discuss how our faith informs our everyday work. I'm your host, Jen Kelly, joined by my friend and fellow pastor, Daniel Small. This season, we're going to be sitting down with a variety of experts, thought leaders, and working professionals to talk about how to navigate difficult everyday situations at work and how our faith should inform our response. You guys, all of this is to help stir our imaginations, to give us new insights and practical ways to be people who work with wisdom. Yeah, today we're sitting down with Brian Nasala to talk about what it looks like to build healthy relationships at work. Brian currently serves as the operations director at MedCal Healthcare, where he leads a cross-functional team of experts to deliver comprehensive staffing and end-to-end program management services. He's also implemented programs globally in Africa, Europe, and currently in the U.S. He holds a Master of Laws from the University of Illinois, certification from the World Health Organization in implementing public health emergency operation centers, and other credentials from John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. He and his wife, Sandra, have two kids, Amari and Anaya, and have been attending Christ Community Church for a little over a year. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Brian, we're so glad you're here. So glad that you're here. Oh, I'm so happy to join you and I'm looking forward to this conversation. That last piece, I love the fact that I'm a father. That gives me so much joy. In fact, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. So I love my daughters, Amari and Anaya, so much. And obviously all of it uh, made possible by my beautiful wife, Sandra. Oh, look at that. We yeah. were just talking. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about being a girl dad. Being girl dads. I've got three girls. You've got two. So you know uh, what it's like. It's all. like girls are the best. <laughs> they, 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 that hands down, girls are the best. They are the best. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. And actually, you guys can't see it, but Brian is is dressed well. He's wearing a jacket <laughs> just for this podcast. And I'm wearing a baseball uh, cap and a t-shirt <laughs> and flip-flops. Um, we perhaps should put some context to that because I was working. and um, But, you know, I, I love the fact that I get to, you know, Dress up and uh, look great. I mean, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about your work and relationships at work today, which of is uh, going to be really, really fun. But actually, Brian, when I, so when I first met you at your community group, I remember yeah. uh, really being drawn just by your passion for your work, what you do, um, your diverse background. And I yeah. thought all of that was really compelling to me. Um, and also, um, being an operations director, you're overseeing people, you're interacting with a number of people. And so the way that you build relationships at work is really, really critical for what you do on a daily basis. So um, I'm excited to talk to you a little bit more today and just kind of unpack that and, and how you go about doing that at work. Yeah. But maybe before we dive into talking all about those things, if you could maybe just tell us a little bit more about your background, your journey, and how you ended up uh, doing what you're doing now. And how much time do we have so that I can start to get into it? Well, I was born to a very traditional African family of seven kids. And um, it it was, you know, in the eastern part of Uganda. 
And uh, the scenery in my home, if I may paint the picture for you, is, you know, ranges, mountains and hills and all these uh, beautiful, you know, huge uh, trees. Just like uh, Illinois, right? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> not not as flat as Illinois. It's, it's quite the opposite. <laughs> but, the, you know, that's where I was born and raised. And it was such a beautiful thing uh, in just, you know, very humble background. Um uh, nourished by my mother, who was, you know, very loving and caring. My father was quite a, a heavy disciplinarian. And uh, so that was just very uh, normal for us as kids. And uh, mm. and so that, that was like a home for me. Despite all the issues that were happening at the at the time in Uganda, and if anybody knows anything about Uganda, is we had a civil war, a military a military conflict between the between 1987. It scaled down in about 2006. Hmm. We would huddle around a radio, my siblings and the neighborhood, and my father and many other people, and would just be would listen to the stories that were being told. Uh, via radio of the rebels that were approaching and getting into the eastern part of the country. And and so growing up in that context, having somewhat, um, you know, being, being, being uh, enamored by what life could possibly give to us and being in a situation where you are very scared of, life and what that meant, um, seeing that cultivation was not taking place anymore. And so food was becoming scarce and school was being interrupted because of all these different uh, issues, all uh, defined by a civil war and a civil conflict. And this is where I think it's very fundamental for me to say the American people are a force for good. The food that we were able to eat in on certain evenings, I mean, was essentially because of the food aid programs that uh, uh, USAID had provided to communities such as my own. And so at that point, um, and I think that's when the seed of, 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 you know, this American idea was planted at, at you know, in me. Well, so that, that was largely my childhood. Uh, later on, at about the age of, of 12, I left my home and was admitted in a boarding school where I spent six years. And um, uh, later on, I uh, was actually admitted into a program to, to, um, to pursue a biomedical uh, lab technology degree, which I changed because I didn't see myself in the lab um, working in a lab, I wanted to work with people. And so the closest thing I could think about was the law, the practice of the law, where I was able to help people. And so I enrolled into law school and, um, um, you know, graduated. After that, I was, I was able to do more school, got an ethics and uh, human rights degree, worked with International Justice Mission. And so I got into the University of Illinois um, program, to do a master of laws and in 2019 we sold everything that we had and um and set off to come to the united states little did i know that uh, what i had was not enough to pay rent <laughs> that's important <laughs> 
Ultra Survive and yeah. uh, we, <laughs> oh my gosh, all our belongings wow. and uh, amounted to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So we 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 quite literally had to stay with people that were again ex- that were incredibly gracious to us mm-hmm. um, uh, for the first few months that we lived here. Um, and um, then, you know, my wife luckily was able to find some work and she was working three, four jobs while I took on a huge load at school. Um, and so, guess what? 2020 happens and COVID. Yeah. COVID hits. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So at that point, I just completed my program. And the reason it's why I completed it is I took so many courses so many units within the you know the shortest possible time a two year program that i had i ended up doing in in a year a little under a year and so i was somewhat desperate because my wife was out of work i was i was done with school and we were looking at each other going well now what do we do mm-hmm. and because i had had some experience back home with the ebola crisis uh it was just I believe this was walking the makings of the Holy Spirit because in my heart, I felt the need and nudge to just go ahead and study about this novel virus, this mm. coronavirus that was happening. Mm. And so I, 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 I went online and looked up and there was barely anything I could find, but I found a course that was being offered um, by a professor at uh, Johns Hopkins School of uh, at Bloomberg School of Public Health. And it was on the novel coronavirus and the the response mechanisms that had been implemented in a few countries. And so I did that. It was fascinating. And again, desperate, not no job. I'm thinking to myself, okay, my wife and I need need to eat. We need to pay rent. We are making food drives every week. We can't, we knew which churches were actually given food and we, <laughs> we knew which ones actually gave out the best food, like <laughs> some that had meat and some that didn't. We, we, we knew that. Um, but, you know, when, when I got that program, I immediately knew God wanted me to step in and just go out and serve. Mm. Little did I know, little did I know the work that was ahead of me because Again, just did a search, a Google search, companies that are helping respond to COVID-19. I found this company. It had just been onboarded by the state to do a small program. I remember being called into an interview and being told, well, it looks like because of your education background and this certificate that you have on response, you know a lot more um, about COVID than than we do. So would you... (laughs) I feel like I at that point, I, I feel like you have. That's where job. everybody was. Really? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I was like, "Well, I, I'm happy to share all the knowledge that I have." And they were like, "Yeah, do you want to become a, a regional manager?" And I'm like, "Okay." So, um, I. I packed up a van f- filled with supplies and was given a team of about three people and off we went. Wow. Now, little did I know that that was actually uh, a pilot program. Mm. And God in his infinite wisdom yeah. knew that that program would be successful and the way the workflows that I developed and the way I led the team were critical because 
the state ended up contracting the company to take over from the National Guard. Wow. And guess who was asked to run as director of operations or run the operations as the director of operation? I was tasked with that responsibility. And wow. so I look back and I'm thinking, of course, in hindsight, I'm like, I have no idea, you know, what life uh, was going to turn uh, into. But I suppose God had put me in a position where I, I, I knew something. I was able to do and prove that uh, it was possible to step in and help and guide the team to respond in a very difficult situation where a lot of anxiety right. and a ton of things were going on. And so that, that, that I know is a long story, but I thought getting into it would be is critical to, to sort of understand my background and the context within which I'm currently working. Brian. What a cool story. Man, what a good, what a good story. I love the richness of which you share, the details of your story. I love your vulnerability. I love your openness in just what God has taken you through and how you and your bride and now your two little girls are here and how you're serving and the infinite wisdom of God, right? So today, like we get to talk about healthy work relationships and you out of anybody especially going through covid and just the role that you're in now working with doctors and nurses and uh, just different people across the board are the perfect person to be able to speak with us today and share your wisdom and just different tools and insights that you've learned um, as you've had to develop and probably go through a lot of conflict resolution or whatever it might be, right? Um, So I think where we want to start with today with those of us who are listening is really let's start at the place of defining healthy relationships and what that looks like. Most people intuitively, they know that building good relationships at work is important. Like, it's just a good idea if you want to keep your job, you right? Yeah. You want to yeah. be friends with people. <laughs> Christian or not Christians, we get that. We want to have good relationships with others. It's how God has wired us as human beings. But if we were honest, most of us may not be convinced we really need to invest in the people we work with day to day. Oh, I, I like, think yeah. about that for a second, mm-hmm. right? We, we mostly walk in the room with our own... I've got something to do today. Yep, yep. agenda yeah. in mind, and yep. not to think about how we can invest in people we work with, especially if they're difficult to work with. Yeah. Dan- <clears throat> Daniel. No, <laughs> so, Is there okay. some conflict going no, no, no. on that we need to resolve? <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, could you speak to your why behind building healthy relationships? Why is it important, especially as Christ followers, and why does it ultimately matter to God? God, in his infinite wisdom, created us to do life with others. We live in, in, in communities, and just think about it. The best way I can explain this or share this is when you think back to moments that are the most meaningful to you, it's always going to be those moments that you shared with other people. Mm. In my own life, the best times of my life were, for instance, during my wedding, my wife and I and the community and the support that we had, when I look back at the first job that I got, 
The people that were there and the excitement that I had and the opportunity for me to do something that would make a difference or in fact have an, 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 an impact or a tangible result. That excitement that I think about when I think of those moments reminds me that each one of us is actually created to live within a community and to serve one another in order for, um, you know, community to thrive or to do well, despite how broken it is. And so we are created and God has placed us within communities to live in communities and to be able to help one another or to serve each other, mm. ultimately. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah Stolls talked mm-hmm. about that in the first episode of having our work to be done for the benefit of those in our community and how it's glorifying to God. Yeah, and what I love about what you're saying is that people are the end in and of themselves. Like a lot of people might have this sort of bigger goal that they want to accomplish, whatever it is, like, you know, getting wealthy or trying to achieve this particular goal and they'll step on other people to be able to make that goal happen. But what you're saying is that no people are actually the end in, like end in and of themselves they're not a means to an end that's like, right they are the end and i think that's like that's what jesus shows us in the gospels like at, you know time after time after time again he directly goes out of his way to actually uh interact with you know have a particular interaction with a person even though it you know, detracts from whatever maybe he was going, wherever he was going, right? Yep. He was constantly, and so I think that that's a that's a really beautiful picture, and that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Christ, Christ stops to ask his disciples, "Hey, by the way, have we fed these folk? Do we have anything that we could feed them?" Mm. As like, these are thousands of people that are following him, and he's like, "Okay, get all of them to sit down, and I'm going to make sure that they have something to eat." Yeah, you know, it's just amazing. Yeah, like. Yeah. He's God. Yeah. He's stopping and he's caring about people. And he's going to lay his life down for all these people, mm-hmm. including, by the way, and well, actually, for those that are that do not believe him or hate him, he's he's dying for every one of us. And he, so it's yeah. just the best example yeah. that one can give. Yeah, it's so good. I actually think we can we can riff on that a little bit more. So Paul talks about this idea in in Philippians two, right, mm-hmm. where he's talking about how we ought to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, right? And so uh, actually, I'll go ahead and just read some of those verses. Uh, so Paul says we have to, ought to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And so, you know, when we think about that backdrop, obviously Paul is talking about here, how Jesus, his life, that his life itself embodied um, the mindset that we ought to have in our relationships with one another. Yes. Um, And I know Paul is, you know, he's writing to the Philippian church here, but when you think about that in the context of work, how has the gospel informed your approach to the way that you build relationships with other people at work? You said it earlier on. People are an end in and of themselves. They are the end. And so the gospel for me has has, you know, informs everything about how I interact with others. I have a teacher who used to tell me 
and this is way back when I was still in Uganda, that we've got to be the fifth gospel. Because there is many people that may have never seen or, you know, read the the Bible. Mm. And so I, I actually I actually got to know Christ because of that teacher. But I was in primary six when he shared the gospel with me and he gave me a small Gideon Bible um, that that I started to read and would ask him questions. And uh, he 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 introduced me to, you know, Christ and the way he served other people and how he laid down his life. And he, as my teacher, was actually serving me doing all of that. He's one of the best leaders that I can think about because mm-hmm. he took time out of his day. We were thousands of kids, mind you, in this school, but he was able to pause and recognize that I had these interest and was asking questions and he took time off of his very busy schedule to answer some of these questions to get a bible in my hands to walk me through what it means to be a christian and so if our leaders would take time off of their very busy schedule and remember that the the big reason why they are leaders is for those that they lead, is to serve those that they lead. Mm, I mean, life would be completely different. Like we live, we we obviously are in in a culture that celebrates super high achievers, people that have done some amazing things, some of whom do them, do it, you know, for for their interests, Mm -hmm. you know, quite frankly. I mean, all of us want better all of us want more in life which is completely okay but imagine as you pursue all of that to then have that deep desire to serve your colleagues yeah if my boss pauses in the middle of the day out of his busy schedule and comes sits down with me and, and asks sees me you. hey how are you doing today yeah. how is your family how is how is life how are you experiencing this country Mm-hmm. I've 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 had I've had some amazing people that pause and actually ask me these questions. Someone who's curious because this is a Ugandan guy who's speaking with a strange accent, English accent, and he's 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 in a position of leadership. And so some folk take that curiosity, the curious approach, and pause and ask me questions. And I think in that interaction, that in some ways is more meaningful than meeting a certain goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you're saying is how the gospel informs your work. Jesus was actually present with people. Yep. Your teacher was present with you. Yep. Took Taking the moment to look at you, to pause, to listen, to ask you the right questions, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And when we look through the gospels, that's exactly what Jesus did. Yeah. That's, he was brilliant at that. He asked actually more questions than yeah. he ever gave any answers to. Oh. So he was available and present to people. Yeah. So now kind of flipping the coin on that a little bit i mean yes the way the gospel informs how we build relationships in work is beautiful but we are broken people um so brokenness shows up um at our work on a daily basis that impacts our relationships in a myriad of different ways uh brian tell us about a time in your own story right or maybe your own personal brokenness impacted a relationship that you had to work and what did you do about it so right in the middle of implementing COVID, 
um, we we were tasked to to ensure that we had enough personnel and that they showed up in time and that every single person that showed up and needed to be tested got a test. And so I had a team of 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 drivers that would take samples um samples to the labs and in fact deliver supplies. There was one driver in particular, this day something was off and he was late. Um and I I was really, really um angry that we hadn't gotten um the supplies at the site in time. And so I I actually went off and, and, and made sure he knew what my disappointment was. Later on, someone shared that he was a single father and that he had to pick up his child and actually brought the child along with him to work and 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 you know loaded up the supplies and then headed out and i i remember that very vividly because now that i am a father of two mm. i i am disappointed with the way i approached mm. that scenario yeah i didn't bother to ask him why he was late i didn't pause to understand his situation and i just very quickly uh went into the guy as tough as i could be because i wanted to assure him how important it is that all these supplies get there in time and no doubt they got there a little bit late but people were able to receive the service but because I, in some, in, in some, some, sometimes I am this A-type personality that wants things done. If, if I set my mind to doing something, I give it my all. I make sure I communicate to people and I, I want things to get done. Mm-hmm. And so I feel, you know, in that situation, I, I, it was just, it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it happened a few times. And I let go, I let this guy go. And the story that I've just told you about me learning about the fact that he was a single father and he was working behind the scenes to actually make his schedule work came after the fact. And so I, I, I carry that to debt. Um, and, and that story plays in my mind over and over again. I've called him up and I've apologized because I think I ought to have done better in that situation. But then that is a time when where I felt broken. Mm. I, I felt I did, I was, I was in a leadership role. I could have paused to understand what it is this individual yeah. was experiencing yeah. and, uh, and I didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, so, it's so tricky because in that moment you feel justified. In what you're doing, right? Like oh, yeah. You, you feel like, well, clearly he didn't do what his job was, what he was supposed to be doing. But I love that what you said, like asking the question of why just would have helped you maybe reflect for a little bit and think about like, 
you know, why is this like what's what's actually uh, you know behind the issue? And I feel like even just so many situations at work, if we're able if we're able to do that, ask the why. Why is this person responding this way? Why are they reacting that way? Right? Because so often we feel so justified in the in what we're doing because you know in our mind we're we're correct. Yeah. Um, and yeah. oftentimes, you know, maybe we are correct. And you were right; the person was late, but it's usually in our response that we find where we actually fracture. Yes. So many of the relationships. We were just talking. We can be right and be completely wrong at yeah. the same time. Yeah. 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 We can absolutely be right about, hey, they had a responsibility. This is the way it should have been done. But the way in which we react or how we finish off a situation or how we treat the other person can absolutely be dead wrong. Totally. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, so recently I did a, I, I did a workshop with um, Redeemer City to City, which is an organization working in New York City that does a lot of faith and work uh, initiatives. But one of the things that uh, I thought was really enlightening is they had something called the self-counseling project. Mm. And basically what you would do is you would imagine a work situation that ended poorly, right? Yep. So you could you know take this example um, and you would th- kind of peel back the, the layers of the onion, so to speak, of, well, why did I respond that way? Or why did I, yep. you know, why did I do that? And really you're getting to the core of an idol of your heart like that was the because really at the end of the day you're probably protecting something that is really important to you and like you you said you know for you you uh, mentioned your you know personality and for you it also probably reflected poorly on your performance or you felt that it did because you were responsible for making sure you know those supplies were there so um so usually we're uh trying to protect something but then imagining the other side of things of when you know, how should, how should I have responded or sh- how should I have done this? Um, seeing the other side of that uh, and then kind of comparing those two things is, I think, really helpful for us. So I guess for our listeners, if you can even just take time to do that, imagine a work situation mm-hmm. and then peel back the onions of the layer or the, the, the layers of the onion yeah, yeah. Um, and like, you know, think about some of those things I think is, is really helpful. So um so Brian, when you're facing with a difficult situation with someone at work like this one that you you know just had mentioned, how do you? I mean, how do you practice responding in a gospel-like way? That reaction that we talked about—that is the—that is really the tough piece for you. You know, what are some of the ways that you um, really try to do that practically? So obviously, this hit me after the fact, after that whole incident had happened. But you know, I I I determined to reach out to this. Uh, gentleman and I told him listen I know what you what happened um and I I was I was wrong in that situation I I shouldn't have actually uh pressed you know I I could have done a better job in understanding your situation and putting you in a position that would allow for you to thrive and worked around your schedule like there was every opportunity but in the moment I thought it justifiable I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm making sure that something gets done when it needs to get done. Um, and so he understood. And, uh, and and so that is how that situation did end. But, you know, there's many other situations in, 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 in my role and, and the work and stories that I have about, you know, whether, you know, I sent an email that I should not have sent because, you know, I, 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 I just needed to give someone a piece of my mind or or do all these different things. And I, I, I say it's this It's a very in, gentle way of putting <laughs> <laughs> a piece of my mind. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and by the way, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that 
because I've had I'm having to learn how to navigate a work relationship in the United States. Okay. I'm having to navigate how you interact with people on a daily basis and say say things that do not necessarily uh, come off as offensive. Uh, I have to be very balanced in the way I, I, I actually give instructions. Mm-hmm. On one end, there is a movement or people are told to show up as your authentic self. But yet on the other side, you're expected to be polished and to sieve and to make sure that, you know, some things are not necessarily, you know, aren't, aren't portrayed. So so there is always going to be, you know, that tension, that tension. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Between how do I show up authentically and how do I also get to do the work and communicate in such in a way that is absolutely that meets these criteria, mm-hmm. which seems to be prescribed. So it's it's um it's it's just important that one understands and has the right social conscience, the you know, emotional intelligence, um, and all the different um skills and soft skills that that are required to actually engage with people yeah um when i interact with my folk back home in uganda i obviously speak in my local language and the way you speak and the phrasing of words and all this is is done in a completely different context and life in many ways i'm nurtured and brought up in a certain way Back home, we do not speak about what you have accomplished or what you have done. In fact, that is looked, you know, that is frowned upon because you are considered, no, 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 you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't beat your own drum, we, we, we say, mm-hmm. you know. Um, here, if you do something, everybody's got to know. It's the so first true. Question you ask, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what everybody asks. What do you yeah. do? What do you do? Because immediately, the moment you share with somebody what you do, yeah. they very quickly, in, in their mind, very quickly rank you against this pedestal that you, you suddenly do not know. And so, and so it, it's always going to be difficult and one ought to get, uh, and, and, and you know, has to learn how to, you know, engage with people and learn all these different skill sets to communicate, to manage upward and to manage horizontally with mm-hmm. your colleagues and managing upwards with your bosses and the people that you you report to. And so it's a very delicate balance. I love that you brought this up, Brian, because I know a, a lot of uh, the Faith at Work podcast, we give recommendations to stop and pray, to to incorporate spiritual disciplines and stuff like that. And those are very, very important. But also, and as important, is emotional intelligence, mm. understanding how we're communicating, mm. being able to be disciplined and like understand that tension and that wrestling, right? Yeah. Do I need to really bring my authentic self here right now in this moment? Or maybe it's my authentic self angry, <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> is this my sinful behavior? 
behavior or is this like my real good authentic self and then vice versa but the professional like vibe in the room right now I need to read as well like I have a job to do and there's different there's so many different layers to what we are trying to accomplish and do and to have some investment into yourself to understand your emotional intelligence to understand how you're wired all these different things is is important too so i want to continue real quick with working with difficult people like if you had to work next door to daniel over here or actually me i give you a hard time (laughs) i'm the one who like bust up laughing next and you're trying to have like i should tell everybody how hard it is to to work next to jen um but i want you to tell us about a time you were working with someone that was particularly difficult difficult to work with and if you tried to build a healthy relationship with that person how did you go about doing that because i can imagine covid doctors nurses supply chains all these different things difference of opinion in that kind of political yeah totally yeah uh, yeah 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 i've had to work with a lot of difficult people and i've 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 learned (laughs) along the way um, that there's going to be people that, you know, despite your best effort, you cannot change. Even even when you try, in fact, the more energy you spend on trying to change them or for, for, for them to see your vantage point, they will not necessarily uh, come to your liking. Mm. Um, and it's okay. It's okay for for you to make peace with that. That these folk that are not necessarily going to see eye to eye. Um, I've had to work with some. I'll give you a, a situation. I've worked with uh, some some folk, and they were amazing um, in the context that we watched on the program that we 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 collaboratively uh, uh, were able to deliver. And so I, I figured, okay. Because these guys have been great at this, let me get them on another program that I was leading. Um, but you know, it it didn't quite work out, mm. and, and and so I I, fa- I found myself in a situation where I I I was struggling to deal with the negative sentiment that they kept sharing and 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 they 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 took a lot of time to speak about how i was not the right person um <laughs> for the responsibilities that i had done Ooh, that didn't hurt and at and all. <laughs> already i'm like <laughs> someone said that to me i'd be like And 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 this is because in their own uh, worldview, um, a person like me from with the background that I have from the country that I had come from shouldn't be afforded the opportunity to do what it is I was doing, and it it, it was I was I felt a great sense of betrayal. Mm. I felt very hurt. I felt. I felt I, I I need to to do something about it because you know I I I I felt to a large extent I'm the one who kind of opened the door for them to step into uh, a program or to serve on a program that was actually uh, great for them, and so 
it it it's just one of those very difficult relationships i have had to navigate there there, there have been a lot of those uh, those moments where you know i've had to make peace knowing that some people will stay in a certain uh with a certain mindset and that i should just show up and do the best work that i can do on a given day just mm-hmm. do the best that i can do because there are many things i cannot control i cannot control what other people are doing yeah. but i have I, i only can run to god and ask him to show me how to show up on a daily basis so yeah, good. that's good i mean I, one of the things that that really stuck out to me that you were saying is that this idea that we don't change people you know that we're not sometimes i think we can maybe view people as projects or as view them as like you know i'm going to i'm going to get them over you know to my side yeah but sometimes that can create a little bit even a, a more of a tension i feel like other people can really um feel that they can they can feel that um you're not maybe genuinely invested in them they just feel like you're using them you know to get them on your side to accomplish whatever goal that you have and so there's a big difference when we can really shift our perspective and like you said offer it into the hands of god and offer it to him and say god i you know i i don't know what to do about this the other thing that i'm thinking about too is um even in my own experience there's something to longevity too over the long term when you're working with a difficult person sometimes you know a shell like somebody if if somebody's really um Uh, has something against you or something you know really hard to get through so to speak you know over time god can really soften their hearts as you continue to um work and build that relationship too so yeah um I, i don't know if you've have seen that peace come up as well um yeah i mean god god does give you peace uh when you are dealing with certain situations like he knows you know i i believe you know god god is not called by surprise is there's not going to be a surprise like, oh wait i didn't see that coming oops no i mean it is us as human beings who may you know find ourselves in surprising situations but even in those god promises that he will show up yeah, you know i you know you read the psalms and you you read uh, some saying you know be strong and 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 uh, you know you have to be courage you know god is going to show up Mm-hmm. And 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 so just standing on God's promises and knowing that you can rely on him. Uh, I I have a CEO friend of mine um I, I was chatting with him one day and kind of ex, ex, you know kind of just chatting through some of the difficulties that I was facing and he he he, he paused and says, "You know Brian, Do you, he asked me this question, do you have any idea how many people do not wish me well or my company well? There's so many because there's competitors, there are people who feel he's not the right person, he shouldn't get that contract, he shouldn't do that. But despite of all the people that say what they say, God has afforded him the opportunity and the grace the grace the grace to be able to do what he is currently doing mm-hmm. and so we are going to interface more often than not with some situations that are difficult with difficult people mm-hmm. but that does not mean that god is not right in that story with you that's right mm-hmm. he's actually there if anything he knows what's going to happen and so trusting in him and knowing that there are things that he's 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 teaching you uh he's he's there through that situation with you his glory might be known to many 
to all. That's it right there. He oftentimes uses our problems, which can be people, yeah. right, as a pathway to reveal his power and glory. But it requires us to steadfastly trust. Yeah. Right? That's the hard part. When someone's in your face saying you shouldn't have it, you're not whatever it might be. No, God's grace in my life, in my weakness, in whatever, he is made strong. Yes. So yes. good. Yeah. yeah. And trusting that is, is, can be so difficult, but so, so important for our relationships. Uh, Brian, well, thank you so much uh, for your time and being able to chat with us today. If you could, um, maybe just share with our listeners where they can uh, connect with you or, or talk with you, or maybe just see you on a Sunday morning. I don't know. Sunday morning, suddenly, right, right, you know, at church. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Christ, Christ community. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I could be found on LinkedIn. Uh, that's, uh, Brian Nasala. Uh, you should be able to find me. I don't think I've seen another Brian Nasala on LinkedIn. I can say that. <laughs> but how many of us f- f- think we are special until you, you find so many people that share your name, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but yeah, that's that's how you can you can get in touch with me. Oh, awesome. Brian, thank you so much. It has really yeah. been an honor and a privilege to have you. Friends, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Faith at Work. Our conversations happen every other week. So in two weeks, you can expect another interview to help you think critically about faith and work intersecting in creative and inspiring ways so that we can be people who demonstrate wisdom in the workplace. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Email us your suggestions, questions, or ideas to workpodcast at ccclife.org. Lastly, tell your friends that the way they work matters too and invite them to join along in the conversation. We'll talk to you guys soon.